Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! is not joining me here today. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast, can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He is currently watching the Bucks game as I am recording this, which is very fair of him to do. The Bucks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's game one against the Hawks. It is very exciting, and hopefully the Bucks can continue to win and, and make it to the finals. That is the goal there. So joining me for this Diamondbacks recap will be Josh Waldock of Reviewing the Brew. This will be, I think, by my calculations, his third appearance on the show, so he's pretty much a regular now. Uh, So he'll be joining me after the game recaps here for further discussion. So I will get right into it here. Game one was a 5-1 loss. The Diamondbacks ended their 17-game losing streak. I talked about that on the preview pod and essentially said, Odds are the streak is going to end eventually, and it'll probably happen against the Brewers, and lo and behold, it did in Game 1. <laughs> so, unfortunate timing there, but it's also very hard to win games when you only score a run, especially when that run comes in the first inning. So that was generated by a leadoff double from Colton Luong, and then a two-out RBI single from Avisil Garcia. Brett Anderson looked sharp in the first inning. I made the mistake of tweeting that out, and I was like, hey, his tempo's increased again. I'm expecting good things out of him. But then in the second inning, he injured his knee. So reportedly, it initially happened when he was batting in the top of the second on a butcher boy type play. He jammed that knee into the ground as he was swinging, and when he went on to pitch later that inning, he was removed after he was noticeably limping uh, while attempting to cover first base. And of course, that pitching change also conveniently came when he surrendered five straight singles to begin the second inning. So at that time, it was two to one Diamondbacks because prior to the pitching change, Avisil Garcia threw out Pavin Smith at home plate, so saved a run there. And Trevor Richards got called in for mop-up duty, who, after allowing a leadoff walk, gave up the sixth single of the inning to make it three to one, but then struck out the next two batters. He's becoming pretty good at damage control there, Trevor Richards. And he ended up working two innings of relief in there. And then in the fourth inning, Halby Milner came in. He allowed two runs that made it 5-1. to one, And that's where the game stayed and ultimately ended. The only other positives from this game was watching Jake Cousins make his MLB debut. His big bending 85-mile-per-hour slider got five strikeouts in the two innings of work. And the fact they all came on one pitch just kind of shows you 
how effective that pitch was and how amped up everybody is going forward about what to expect out of Cousins, because when you combine that with his fast sinker, yeah, it has Justin Topa type feels I saw a lot of people describing, which is an accurate description, I believe. Game two was a 5-0 victory. The Brewers got things going right away in the first as Colton Wong hit a no-doubt homer to begin the game. And the D-backs looked like they would counter in the bottom of the first. Kentel Marte hit a one-out double, and he ended up coming up limping as he was going into second base and was removed from the game. And from there, Freddie Peralta didn't allow a single hit through the remainder of the six innings that he pitched. He did walk four batters, but his 10 strikeouts were impressive, and he was just dialed in. Our offense stayed quiet until the sixth inning when we put up three runs. With Vogelbach on second and Garcia at first, Omar Narvaez hit a shallow single in the right center. Vogelbach was waved home, and you could tell, hey, this is going to be a pretty close play at the plates, but for whatever reason, Dimebacks never even attempted to throw home. Maybe thinking that Vogelbach wouldn't even be sent, you know, giving his blazing speed. <laughs> but either way, as he was rounding third base, Vogelbach, that is, just stopped dead in his tracks. He came up, and then all of a sudden he realized once the Dimebacks weren't going to throw to home, he, he limped and hopped on one foot to home plate and ended up scoring. And uh, he could have easily been out by a mile on two separate occasions there by the Dimebacks' defense. Vogelbach was obviously removed, labeled with a hamstring injury. After the Vogelbach injury, Adamas walked to load the bases, and then Luis Urias hit a ball to right field that looked like Josh Reddick should have made a play on it, but ends up short hopping into his glove, and we got gifted some more runs in the sixth inning. And then the last run of the game came on a mammoth solo homer from Christian Yelich in the eighth inning. The ball landed in the pool for his fourth home run of the season. And Game 3 was a 3-2 victory in the rubber match. With Vogelbach now on the IL, the Brewers did the unthinkable. <laughs> Maybe not unthinkable, I don't know. They were going to call it controversial and brought up Keston Hira. And he started this game at first base. And it was a pitcher's duel between Brandon Woodruff and Caleb Smith. Woodruff ended up going seven innings of three-hit ball and added nine strikeouts. The only run he allowed came off a solo homer in the seventh inning. Otherwise, he worked four three-up, three-down innings and was absolutely phenomenal. The Brewers didn't get their first hit until the fourth inning and didn't score until the fifth when who other than Brandon Woodruff helped himself by singling home Jace Peterson, who began that inning with a leadoff double. We did have a chance at adding on a lot more runs that inning. With Urias at first and Woodruff on second, the Dimebacks intentionally walked Avisil Garcia to pitch to Willie Adamas, and I thought they, he was going to make him pay, but in the end, he just grounded out to end the inning. Two runs were then added on in the seventh, one Avisil Garcia had an RBI single, and then Jackie Bradley Jr. a sack fly, so at that time, it was 3-0 to zero Brewers. Woodruff then gave up his one homer in the seventh. Devin Williams gave up a solo homer in the eighth. And then with a one-run lead, Josh Hader came in the ninth, struck out two out of the three Dimeback hitters that he faced, and recorded his 19th save of the season. Good to get the series when their Brewers are building some momentum now here heading into this Rockies series. And speaking of building, let me remind you of Built Bar. 
They are a protein bar. They come in all sorts of different flavors, just about anything that you could imagine. If you like chocolate, you like mint, you like orange cream, coconuts, or even chocolate raspberry, whatever flavor you like, Built Bar has it. They are great tasting, they are good for you, and we are offering you 10% off your order through them. Just use the promo code TRILOGY. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code TRILOGY to get 10% off your Built Bar order. So with that all being said, I'm going to switch to my conversation with Josh here. All right, and thanks for joining again, Josh Walduck, of Reviewing the Brew. This is, I think we calculated, what, your third time on the podcast now, so you're like yeah. a regular. I can't get rid of you. <laughs> uh, I know, pretty like a uh, recurring. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure something out here, because <laughs> you're, you're over there in your Pitching Ninja swagger, and I'm getting jealous, so. <laughs> <laughs> can turn it around if, you're, if that's going to make you feel better. <laughs> there, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, obviously we got the Diamondback series to recap here. We we got the series win, but, of course, we were the team to snap their 17-game losing streak, which, of course, is unfortunate. But what were your overall thoughts from the series win? I mean, at the end of a long stretch of games, I think the team looked good. I mean, you know, you had dominant performances from Peralta and Woodruff. Obviously, the injury bug is biting again. Vogelback's down. Anderson is down. I mean, all in all, I think there's not really much you can be too displeased about. I mean, you had the day off, and then it's reopening day Friday. Oh, yeah. I wish I was going to that. Reopening day is, I think that's going to be a crazy weekend for Milwaukee. I, I'm jealous of anyone who's going. It should be a great atmosphere. But I like that you mentioned uh, Peralta and Woodruff because they were incredible. I mean, Peralta six innings, Woodruff seven. Peralta one hit allowed, Woodruff three, Peralta ten strikeouts, Woodruff nine. So if you had to pick, whose performance was more impressive? I mean, I don't know if you really can. I mean, you know, on one hand, Peralta had the more had more strikeouts and fewer innings. He also walked more, but they allowed the same amount of base runners. I mean, I guess I'm thinking I'm leaning Peralta. I mean, Peralta's my guy. I think he's going to be the 2022 Cy Young winner. So. I'm going to have to give Peralta the upper hand, but Woodruff is, I mean, it's 1A, 1B right now. Yeah, right. There really isn't a wrong answer to this. In terms of pitching performance, like you said, same amount of base runners, pretty even, I think. And I think what Peralta is two starts ago now, had zero walks this time out. He had four. So obviously, as a Brewer fan, you, you'd like to see those walks stay down, but we're not giving up any earned runs. <laughs> That's just, yeah. you know, petty things to be sad about. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, the fact that we're complaining that, maybe not complaining is not the right word, but the fact it's notable that a starting pitcher gave up four walks, and that uh, just shows how good Milwaukee is in a place, for, of a place Milwaukee is in right now. Yeah, very true. And Woodruff had an RBI in, in the finale. He Good to see him swinging the bat here again. <laughs> they had him bunt the first two times, and I'm like, really? Or he bunted twice. I think the second time they let him hit. But let the man swing the bat. That's what he's there for. <laughs> I mean, I know in the post game, Craig Council was talking about how if Woody's not pitching, he has the bat in his hands. And I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm kind of interested to see what happens if we turn him into a two-way player. Let him play <laughs> oh. first. <laughs> Watch out, Shea Ho Here comes Brandon Woodruff. 
<laughs> I don't know if he was that far, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as we're, we're talking about starting pitchers, uh, they the league started their substance checks this week, and Freddie Peralta had to change out his glove because apparently it was navy blue at one point, and now it was like a dark gray. It's been a shit show, I think, these first three days. But what have your impressions been of these substance checks? Ultimately, I'm for them, you know, cracking down on stuff. I think it was getting out of hand. But I think that they implemented it in the worst possible way. I mean, they rolled it out midseason. They're having guys, looks like they're going through TSA to get to the mound. <laughs> it seems like a, a fair intentioned idea, but it definitely was not something that was well thought out, well planned, which is kind of how I would describe Rob Manfred's uh, time as commissioner. <laughs> I think that's putting it pretty nicely. <laughs> so, I, it's just so, like, I think the icing on the cake uh, on day one was Brett Anderson leaves being injured, and they're checking his, you know, his underneath his pants and making him look, open up his belt. I'm like, the dude just left with an injury. Like, let him be. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that, and I know Manfred the athletic today where he said it's going well which like i'd hate to see what it, what it would turn to say it's going poorly <laughs> oh gosh yeah oh i mean yeah i i think you kind of nail it right on the head that the the implementation of this is pretty poor because obviously guys were using substances and, and abusing them that's why the rules out there uh but yeah mid-season is maybe not the right timing like you said. So it'll be interesting to watch and see spin rates and, you know, how pitchers are affected, you know, just take a sample size up to the all-star break. That'll be what, three weeks worth of substance checks going on there. So I know, um, I don't remember who I think there was, I think it might've been, I don't want to give wrong credit, but it was a guy on Engrafts who was breaking it down and you could already see kind of a noticeable decline in spin rate divided by miles per hour like i think it was i don't know the exact numbers but i think it was like 24.1 from april 1st to june 1st and then now it's like 23.8 so you know we're seeing the decline i mean if you want to dive into the spin rates of peralta and woodruff on all four pitches for both of them they were down you know that doesn't necessarily mean they were using substances or not you know there's different airflow different temperature they might just be tired i mean but it's definitely going to be interesting to kind of watch who, um, you know, which of our top, which top pitchers in the league start seeing a noticeable decline. Yeah, well, there are two aces so far so good, and Burns will be on the mound on Friday, so we'll we'll see how that goes. What are, will, will they check Burns's hair? Like, <laughs> I mean, if I was going to hide stuff, like, I would do the hair. I mean, you got flow, like... <laughs> Yeah, but couldn't you just claim, like, it's my hair product or something? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gel. Like, it's sweat. I mean, like, I don't know if I have hairs. Like, throw some gel in my hair. Like, it'll get a little, you know, still kind of be a little sticky. Like, right after you put it on, you can say, oh, yeah, I gelled my hair down. Like, slicked it back. Like, <laughs> oh, So, yeah, Corbin's, Corbin Burns' hair does give him powers. We are, we are right with that. <laughs> I mean, he's basically turning into Thor. It's... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Speaking of pitchers, what did you think of Jake Cousins' debut? He comes in for two innings, strikes out five batters, all five of the strikeouts coming on that 
mid '80s slider. I I think there might be some promise there. I think so too. I mean, he's just another. I mean, he was dominant. I mean, he came out exactly what he had to do, especially in probably less than ideal circumstances. I mean, having you know stretch a, a stretch bullpen. I don't know if the original plan was him to go more than one inning, but he went two. He made the most of it. I think he made pitching ninja too, which is you know always. I think that's the sign that you made it. But he's just another list of guys who the Brewers have you know saw potential in and given the opportunity to thrive. I think last season wasn't it? He was in the uh, athletic or American Association indie ball, wasn't he? Yep, he was. Yep. Yeah, that's the the Brewers finding, you know, a diamond in the rough. That's what we like to do. Obviously, it's too early to to draw any conclusions, but promise there. And I have a feeling our editor-in-chief, David Gasper, probably played a hand in him getting on Pitching Ninja with his, oh. with his connections to reviewing the brew. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like David just, you know, I feel like he has tweets prepared just tagging Pitching Ninja without any pitcher's <laughs> name. It's true. Uh, Yeah. I I think there's some promise there with Cousins, and I think I can get over the fact that he is related to Kirk Cousins. Like, that is actually true. If if he does well for us, I'll get over that fact. It's minor (laughs) details. (laughs) Fair. Uh, Yeah. I think also, you know, pitching-wise from the series – I like what Trevor Richards is doing. This is a couple of performances in now that he's come in in high-stress situations, really mm-hmm. limits the damage, and that's become, becoming a knack for him here. I like it. Yeah, I mean, he's an escape artist. I know I was uh, at the game where he came in, I believe it was against the Pirates, bases loaded, no outs, and he struck out the side. I mean, he's he's finding a way to get out of situations, and I think that's exactly what... All the Brewers need, especially they need a guy to kind of step up, especially after Fire Eisen and Rasmussen were gone. And I think Richards is making a strong case to kind of be maybe not the high any like the high situation outputter. Like I don't know if I you know in the ninth, but you know you need a guy to come in and put out the fire. He's crawling up that list. He is. I mean, he's pitched 15 innings for us now. He's got a 2.35 ERA. I mean, I think for his career is just low fours, and I was like, yeah, you know, that's you know, average guy. So I'm sure he's gonna go through his highs and lows as the se- or as the season goes along here. But I'm I'm certainly enjoying this run, like you were talking about, of, of being the escape artist or the Houdini. Uh, yeah. Very fun to watch. Do you have a nickname? Uh, I've heard people call him the Silver Fox because of his hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, maybe Houdini is something we could uh, look at adding to the repertoire with that. Yeah, Houdini. Yeah, someone will have to lead that fan club here, so <laughs> we'll, we'll take some some followers here coming up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I guess otherwise from the series, obviously Dan Vogelbach goes down injured. The Brewers have used what now fifty players on the year, I, I believe it is. It is. It's high forty. So, uh I think it's the it's second most in baseball. I know the Mariners have used have crossed fifty one. But it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, the team was built on depth, but I don't even think that Stearns and Arnold could have seen needing this much depth this early in the season. Yeah, the fact we're this early is crazy because I was trying to do some digging around. I was like, what is the most like amount of players anyone's used in a season? And 
The highest records were in 2019 by the Mariners again. They used 67 players, and the Giants that year used 64. But that's when there was 40-man rosters yet in September. There was September call-ups, and you, that's how you get a little bit higher in those regards. We don't have that this year, and we still might get close to that 67 mark. Yeah. Ashby, I think, is a near lock to come up, so that'll push that number up. I fully imagine Stearns is going to be very active in, you know, maybe not making blockbusters, but picking up, you know, bullpen reinforcements, just different people. I think we very likely will, if not eclipse, we're going to come very close to its breaking that record. Agreed. And I thought we were going to add another one on today because I thought there was no way in hell the Brewers were going to bring Kesson Hira back up in the wake of the Vogelbach injury. I'm like, okay, the Zach Green crowd's going to be pleased. For a minute, I thought maybe Hernan Perez, but apparently he's helping, like, they're trying out for the Venezuela Olympics team or something like that. Uh, Weston Wilson could have been, like, an under-the-radar guy. Nope, here comes Keston Hira. After we said it's going to be an extended period of time in the minors, here he comes back up. You know, I think ultimately the Brewers do need production at first base, and, you know, Keston Hira is the... I think the only, I mean, he is the only option the Brewers had in AAA who was proven at the minor leagues, at the minor league, I mean, at the major league level. I know, I think that Zach Green is definitely an interesting option, but he's striking out a ton. I mean, yeah, he's OPS and in the high 800s. He's kind of fallen back to earth after his insane start. But, you know, I don't necessarily think he's the long-term solution, but I think Zach Green is definitely worthy of uh, getting the chance if Keston is unable to kind of find his stroke again. Yeah, agreed. I mean, this would have been a great time to kind of trial that Zach Green there. You know, you got three weeks before the All-Star break. If it doesn't work out, then you can go to Hira. Makes sense. Um, instead, kind of go against our word. I get it. Forced by injuries. Vogelbach yeah. going down, but still. I mean, ultimately, with the decisions they make, ultimately, I just, you know, there's a reason there. Uh, Stearns is paid to do what he does, and I am. Uh, I pay to watch him, ultimately, <laughs> or watch his watch his decisions play out. That's true. Maybe now I can think about putting my Keston Hero jersey back on, but for the most part, I've just been ashamed to wear it. So I don't know. Too soon, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't, been, I've been rocking the Brock Holt and then the Keston Hero on the rotation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got the jersey in the mail about three days before he was DFA'd. Oh, that's the worst. He was on the team. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. Well, if you want to talk about other guys who are struggling, because as you know, we, we pick a series MVP and a series dud on the podcast here. And we were talking before we went live. We're like, you know, there wasn't necessarily a big dud that stood out. And for me, I think I want to go with JBJ, one for seven in this series. His one hit was a double. He had a sack fly RBI uh, today on Wednesday, and then four strikeouts. And strikeouts have just been a theme throughout the year for him. He's at 32%. That's a career worst for him. He's batting like what, like a buck 50? He's been dreadful all season, and this series was no exception. So I'm throwing my dud his way. Yeah, I mean... You know, JBJ, he's a notoriously slow starter offensively. He, I mean, he career his career profiles as a defensive first outfielder, you know, he'll hit a little bit and he 
has in the past, but yeah, it's definitely been a struggle. I mean, he's OPS in 508, but you know, for me, for the dud for the series is just, I think, honestly, I'm going to have to go injury bug. It's, I mean, Anderson, he bruised his, or tweaked his knee. I believe it started as a, um, the issue started while he was swinging. So, you know, if only we could do something cool where we have like, I don't know, a guy, a hitter who's like designated to <laughs> go and back for the pitcher. Like that'd be kind of cool. And then, I mean, Vogelback going down too. I mean, he scored on that play, which one of the more bizarre plays you'll ever see, but it's, I, yeah, I mean, injuries are biting, coming back to bite the Brewers. Hopefully, you know, the core guys, your Wong, Yelich, Garcia, Narvaez, hopefully they stay healthy. And, you know, ultimately, you're going to have to adapt and overcome, but dud for the series is definitely the injury bug. Man, that is perfectly fair. I was questioning that send on Vogelbach home to begin with. So I was like, there's no way he's going to make it. And then, for one, I don't know why the Dimebacks didn't even try to throw it. But then he's just stopped dead in his tracks halfway home. They definitely could have had him out. But yeah. it's just so bizarre. I mean, the Diamondbacks are definitely playing like a team with a sub. Are they sub 300 for winning percentage? I mean, they're playing like a team with nothing going for them. I mean, they were making defensive lapses throughout the series it was definitely uh definitely a team that isn't uh playing to their best yep you are you're certainly right and thankfully we were able to capitalize on it a little bit anyway what about series mvp who do you got i mean i know we were gassing him up a little earlier but i'm going with freddie i mean he i know that there was I mean, heck i was a little skeptical of freddie being named in the southern rotation at the start of the year but he um He's proven that he is ready for that responsibility. He's proven he's ready to take on the big, you know, be the guy every fifth every fifth day. And he and Woody actually were tied in Fangraphs war going into today with two point four, which is I think is crazy. I mean, he's that two eleven ERA, hundred fourteen strikeouts for the year, a one ninety two plus for the year. I mean, I know I'm kind of extrapolating out to the year, but you know, he went out, he gave you ten Ks. In six innings, he's my series MVP. Well, if you want to compare MVPs, mine was Woodruff. And I'm only <laughs> doing it because of the RBI. That's the reason. Okay, That's a push yeah. it over the top. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, both have been incredible all year. Woodruff, in his 15 starts, 12 of them have been labeled quality starts now. He's like an automatic seven innings. His ERA is down to 189. His are hitting 153 against him. And then his .76 whip is second to uh, Jacob deGrom uh, among qualified in the MLB. I mean, and at this point, like, honestly, if Woody finishes in second place with a Cy Young, I'm going to view that as a Cy Young win. Because, like, at this point, unless deGrom, like, gets busted as like an alien or something like that i think he's there's no way he's losing to cy young <laughs> well is Degrom pitched yet since this whole substance check stuff yeah he was actually the first guy they checked ah how did he handle that i must have missed that one <laughs> he seemed irked but fine i mean he definitely handled it better than max scherzer <laughs> oh, whose spin rates were down a lot yesterday <laughs> Oh, yeah, Scherzer, in case you didn't catch it, what he got 
checked like three times in the first couple innings. I think Joe Girardi was asking for a couple checks. He dropped his pants. Girardi ended up getting ejected somehow in there. <laughs> yeah. It was a mess. It was interesting. I mean, you know, just he didn't go as far as uh, Sergio Romo did, who I think <laughs> I think he got his pants down to his knees. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> it was and the ump was just laughing. He's like, he's like, stop doing that. <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, I feel like the umps are in a tough spot because if they don't check them, they're probably going to get in some kind of, face some kind of repercussion. If they do check them, they're getting, you know, they have to violate the pitcher's, like, privacy and stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, so far, all of the Brewers pitchers have handled it really well, so... I don't know if that's just a testament to our class or if it's council saying like, hey, this is going to happen. It's going to be super annoying, especially for probably the first couple weeks. So that mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll die down after that. Uh, but I, I like the way the Brewers pitchers have handled it so far anyway. Yeah. I mean, even with Freddie's glove, I mean, he looked kind of confused. I mean, and then they he handed it over. Does he get that back or does he uh, <laughs> like it's gone now? Maybe he'll try and use it in his next start with a second set or a different set of umpires. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never heard of that the color like the before. Like, I'm yeah, I don't know. Very, very, very strange. But you know, I'm not an umpire. I'm not trained in what to look for or or anything like that. So uh, we'll leave it up to them. They have yeah. the unfortunate job of doing it. <laughs> They're the ones who are paid to do it and now sponsored by a crypto platform. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, definitely interesting things going on in MLB. Yes, for sure. Okay. Well, if we transition into the next series, the Brewers have the Rockies again coming up. We got two, three, 10 games followed by a one ten game on Sunday. The Rockies have only played two games since we played them last. They had off on Monday and then off on Thursday. So they split a two game set against the Mariners we split against the Rockies last time, but now we're coming back home. So, I guess what's on what's on your radar for this upcoming home series here? Um, honestly, I think the thing that I'm most interested to see is the fans. I mean, this is going to be I'm thinking probably the largest capacity, well, largest crowd the Brewers will have played in front of in a year and a half. Um, and I'm really interested to see kind of how that translates. You know, if you see more energy, I mean, if you see, I think that's kind of going to be the thing I'm looking for. I know. You know, it's kind of a more, it's a less tangible thing than, you know, other things. But I think I'm really interested in seeing how they respond to that. Yeah, me too. I've seen uh, just a crap ton of ticket promotions. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, what exactly does that mean? Does it go, uh-oh, we're not having as much fans as we'd like? <laughs> like, we're not anywhere as close to the 40,000 that they're expecting? Or, or what's going on? So I hope they sell out, at least on Friday. I mean, that's a three yeah. ten game. People are more than willing to take off work for a reopening day, I would think. I mean, I would think so. You know, if I, uh, I was kind of thinking about uh, trying to, you know, get a, take a half day and make my way down. But I'm hoping that a lot of people are. I mean, Freddie's going to be bartending. Like, <laughs> that's I right. Think that it's going to be worth the price of admission. <laughs> oh man, where is he bartending at? Do you know? Is it like out in the parking lot or in the stadium? I think it's in the stadium. I'm not sure which like bar it is or you know which concourse it's going to be on. But I know that that was a you know promotion that I didn't think was I didn't imagine coming. But 
I didn't realize how much I needed it until now. <laughs> True. Yeah, and uh, that'll be what Corbin Burns Day on Friday for reopening day. So that'll be Burns in his soon to be maybe natural spots on on opening day. Who knows? Yeah, well, <laughs> jumping the gun. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, so that that should be a fun series. Hopefully, we can at least take that series two out of three against the Rockies would be nice as compared to the split uh, that we had last weekend, obviously four games there. Uh, but we'll be back to recap that one. At least I will anyway. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if I can get rid of Josh. Maybe he'll be back for that <laughs> one as well. <laughs> but that podcast will be coming out uh, Monday. And I guess the last thing before we get out of here, can you just remind us again uh, where your work is that you do? Yeah. So I'm putting up stuff with uh, reviewing the brew. Um, I actually had a really, I thought it was going to be more controversial article. I was breaking down, asking if the Luis Arias trade was as bad as, you know, it seemed like it was. Um, but yeah, I'm putting out stuff at Reviewing the Brew. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Waldock for all my uh, fun takes and fun graphs I figured out how to make. Oh, that's right. You talked about that last time because you were putting them on Instagram. Yeah, oh yeah. we got to plug the Instagram too, uh, at Josh Waldock. Um, you know, let's, uh, yeah. Yeah, obviously I still have not gotten an Instagram, so uh, sorry. One less follower for you. You're not really missing much. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for joining me again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on.